and worship and dramas pointing us to uh, the scriptures and reminding us of what this day is all about. We call it Good Friday, and I often have to remind myself each year, why do we call it good when Jesus Christ died? But sin had separated us from God. We were alienated from him, separated from him, and Christ came and made a way to reconcile us to God through his death, burial, and resurrection. Our relationship is now restored with our Father in heaven, and as a result, we have life in his name, and that is a good thing. This is why we call it Good Friday. I'll be speaking tonight from Romans chapter 5, if you'd like to follow along with me. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. I want to think about here this evening what it means that we have been delivered from the wrath of God, that Jesus has reconciled us and made a way. The book of Romans is full of rich doctrinal truth. Again and again, we are reminded of just how sinful we are and how wonderful Jesus Christ is. When we think of some of these things, we're reminded of these wonderful truths. In chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Therefore, since we have been justified. It will not be something that is future, that is still yet waiting, but rather, it is past tense that Christ has justified us. We have been justified in Christ Jesus who paid the price for our sins, a price that we can never pay on our own. There isn't this future justification where Christ died, so someday you will be justified. If you believe in his name, you are justified from your sins. Paul goes on then in verses 6 through 11. He says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we are also rejoiced in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. As the Apostle Paul describes for us in these verses, we're reminded of just how lost we are. And we notice what Christ has done for us. This present tense that we have is salvation in Jesus Christ if we have placed our faith in him for salvation. The Bible makes several wonderful statements about this finished work of Christ. It tells us in these verses that at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. At the right time. We are selfish people. We are hurried people. Come on to the next thing as quickly as possible. Sometimes even in our selfishness and our pride, we're so bold to say, God, why are you taking so long? Why don't you hurry up and answer my prayer the way I want to? Why don't you help the person the way I want you to? 
God is not on our timetable. We're on his. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, at the right time to die for the ungodly. The text goes on to tell us, but God shows his love for us in verse 8. God showed his love. Christ died for us. We have been justified by his blood, saved from the wrath of God. And we are saved by his life. And we have received reconciliation. This is the finished work of Christ that is given to us, written in the book of Romans. And it is a beautiful message of salvation. It is not by works, but by faith. This wonderful truth reminds us that the finished work of Christ on our behalf is the message of salvation. It is the very gospel. It is the good news of Jesus Christ who came into the world at the right time. At the right time, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ was born. God incarnate walked among us for some 30 years, had disciples, spent time with them, taught the multitudes. And then he said his time had come. And he said to his father the night he was betrayed, Father, glorify me with the glory that I had with you before the world began. His time had come. This is the wonderful news that has been given to us and that we can share with others. I hope we never grow tired of hearing the message of the gospel. I hope we never grow tired of hearing of the price that Jesus paid for us, for our sins. May we never grow tired of one holiday after another holiday, year after year, the same old, same old. I hope we never grow tired. That never, those type of thoughts never come into our minds. But when we open up the scriptures during this season, we remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we linger over the scriptures and we are reminded of just how wicked we are, how sinful we are, and how wonderful Christ is. That these beautiful truths of scripture. The Apostle John writes in 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, he writes to the believers who are growing and are tempted by the things of the world and the evil that has taken over. And he's reminding them. He says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. He writes and says, my little children, I want to remind you. I want to remind you not to sin. But here's the thing. We live in a world of fallen and sin. So when you do sin, remember Jesus Christ, the price that was paid, the propitiation for us. Propitiation is Jesus Christ paid the price. He substituted himself. He paid the price that we could not. And the text tells us that as a result, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So we're reminded that when Ben Nagel sins, I go before the Lord and confess my sin and repent. Jesus Christ is there next to the Father going, I paid the price. His sin is forgiven. Past, present, and future. He is a propitiation 
for our sins. Sin is not a word we like very much because it reminds us just how evil this world is, how fallen we are, and the separation from God the Father. We'd rather hear about how much God loves us, how God is good and wants to bless us. But on Good Friday, we're reminded that sin is real and Christ shedding his blood is a real thing that had to happen. Some people try to dismiss it as just something that Christians believe or say that happened, but we really can't prove it. So much scripture reminds us this, this really did happen in real time, in a real place. The details of the Gospels and Jesus Christ coming to pay the price and shedding his blood for our sins. And by this we have assurance that if we know him, we'll keep his commandments. That if we're walking in obedience to him. If we're not walking in obedience, doubt quickly creeps in. Did it really happen? Is it really that important? If we keep his commandments, if we keep his word, we're reminded just how wonderful and rich these things are. Pastor Michael Lawrence says this, The gospel isn't merely that God loves you or Jesus will give you a purpose. It doesn't promise that life will always be good and you'll always be successful. The gospel may help with that, but it offers no guarantees in those regards. Rather, the heart of the gospel is that Jesus died and rose again as a substitute for sinners, appeasing God's just wrath and reconciling us to himself. Back in Romans chapter 5, we read these things. We're reminded of the wonderful truth. Verse 6, for while we were still weak, not when we finally got our act together, not when mankind was finally behaving or getting the right idea, while we were still weak. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die, remembering this illustration of Jesus Christ and the price that was paid. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It's hard to pick a favorite passage of Scripture because I love so many, but Romans chapter 5, verse 8 is definitely on the top. For it tells us these things, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But God shows his love. When did God show his love? When did God show his love? For while we were still sinners. Not when men and women and children started to get their act together. God wasn't up in heaven going, if they just start behaving, I would help them. If they'd start obeying me, I would help them. No, but while we were still sinners, when we were miserable wretches, when we were following our own path, our own heart's desire, and sinning against God again and again and again and again, God says, I'll show them how much I love them. While they're still sinners, while they're still rebelling against me, while they're not even thinking about me, He says he'll show his love for us, that Christ died for us. This example of love, the ultimate sacrifice that was paid, that while we were still sinners, Christ died. Sometimes we can relate that to our own family situation, especially as a father of young children. Sometimes when when they misbehave, 
I need to punish them. And sometimes I show them grace when they misbehave and just want to correct them. And sometimes when they, when I call them out and they start behaving, I want to reward them. You did something good. I want to show you how much. But that's not the way God approached it. God said, even while you were still disobeying, when you did nothing to earn it, when you did nothing to deserve it, I sent my son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price. He died for us. There's these theories out there that Jesus Christ passed out from exhaustion and all the beatings, and he really didn't die. Because no one can come back from the dead. That doesn't work. But this is what makes it so miraculous, that he did physically die. Heart stopped beating. Shed his blood for us, to make a way for us. I love that. I love that. While we were still sinners. Not when I got my act together. Not when I finally stopped sinning. For that is impossible. Not when I deserved it. But while I was still sinning, Christ paid the price for me. So that I didn't have to pay for my own sin. Which would be impossible to do. The price for me. He paid it. So I could have life with him. That is an awesome truth. You see, God is a just God. God is a good God. God is a holy God. And as a just and holy God, he can have no part of sin. He pours out his wrath against it. It must be punished. It can have no part of his holiness. But here's the wonderful thing. The scriptures tell us that God is good. It's his very nature. The scripture tells us that God is love. It's his very nature. It's who he is. But God is not wrath. He has wrath against sin. But when Christ came, he paid that price, settled the score, so he did not have to pour out his wrath on mankind. Jesus Christ made the way for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 tells us this. For our sake, he that is God made him, that is Jesus Christ, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus Christ was sinless, perfect, walked to this earth and never sinned. The scripture doesn't tell us that God made him sin in such a way that Jesus became a sinner, but rather when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, He took that wrath of God upon himself. God recognized that what Jesus was doing was satisfying that sin so that we can be restored to God. So when Jesus Christ is on the cross, he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's because for that moment, Jesus Christ took the weight of the world on himself for us, suffered and died for us. For those moments, he was separated from God as we have been so that we could be made reconciled to God as only he can do. Pastor Scotty Smith says this, when Jesus cries out on the cross, it is finished. There's nothing more to be done concerning salvation. The renewal and restoration of all things has come once for all, perfectly and fully, 
we have been reconciled to God. Jesus says, it is finished. No earning, no striving, no achieving to please God. God says, it is done. I've made the way. Christ has died for you so that you could have life in his name. And what we come back to celebrate on Sunday is a reminder that he did not stay dead, but rose victoriously from the grave so that we can have life. What a good day that is. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, verse 15 tells us this. The saying is trustworthy and deserving full, full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am foremost. Too many ideas and ideologies and people want to reduce the coming of Jesus Christ to a good moral teacher from whose example we could learn from how to live a better life. But that's far from the truth. Timothy reminds us that this is why Jesus came, to save sinners. At, Je- at Christmas time, we celebrate his coming, his birth. In the Gospel of Matthew, it tells us why he came, to save his people from their sins. Timothy reminds us that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And Paul says, whom I am foremost. I don't have my act together. I don't have all the answers. I am helpless apart from Jesus Christ. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, past tense, it has happened. We have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. We are justified. We do stand right before God. That on this earth, even as sinners, God looks at us and goes, they have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. By the blood of Jesus Christ. Much more now shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. No more. No more worrying. No more fear. That will God punish us? If we do not know Christ, we are already under condemnation. John 3 tells us. But in him we have life in his name. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. By his life we are saved. By his life he has made a way. More than that, we shall also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Ever been in a relationship in such a way, a friend, an interest, a co-worker? We all have relationships, but when, when something awkward happens, sometimes those moments come up where we don't want to say anything to make the fear of making it more awkward. The relationship has been broken. Things need to be reconciled. Maybe somebody needs to say they're sorry. A confession needs to be made. Whatever the case might be. We don't like it when relationships are strained. But we don't realize just how much sin has strained our relationship with Jesus Christ and God the Father. But through his death and resurrection, he has made a way so that we are reconciled that we can come boldly through the throne of grace and find mercy and grace and help in time of need. That God sees us in the righteousness of Jesus Christ for all who believe. So on this Good Friday, let us be reminded of the price that Jesus paid. As we go through tomorrow and Sunday, as we think about 
this resurrection season, let us be reminded of just how wicked our sin is, how good God is, and the price that Jesus paid. He is our propitiation. He is our intercessor. He is the one who's restored the relationship so that we are not dead in our trespasses, but we have life in his name. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that we now have peace with you because of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, that you have showed your great love for us and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Past sins, present and future, Christ has made a way. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to take our place, to take my place. That by your grace, I have the gift of salvation, which I do not deserve. Father God, I pray that you would remind us of these wonderful truths. Remind us of what you have done. I pray, Father God, for those who know you, we would be comforted and encouraged by Jesus Christ on this Good Friday. And that we would rejoice as we look forward to Sunday and celebrating even further that Christ has risen. No fear of death. The price has been paid. Father God, for those who do not know you, I pray that you would bring conviction and repentance to call out to you and say, Lord, I need you. Forgive me for my sin. I'm sorry for my sin. It's not about being right. It's not about being moral and good. It's about repenting from sin and turning to Jesus Christ who paid the ultimate price. Oh, Lord, let us never take that for granted, but remember it and rejoice in it day after day. We thank you when we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.